Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me, as he does every week, is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, we are finally on to spring sports, but first, today, we're kind of doing a a special edition of the podcast, hitting all our all-metro teams, because it would be way too long of a podcast if we tried to include it. So um, I'm kind of excited to see kind of where this goes. We get to run through a bit of kind of how the winter season went. And then later in the week, we're going to um, kind of get to our spring previews and everything. Yeah, we, we didn't really want to do this over um, Zoom while Zach was in Pittsburgh and I was trying to cover Albany girls basketball. A few other things that were going on over the weekend. It's not a big deal or anything with like the Huskies going to the national championship or anything like that. Um, so it makes sense that we did it now. <laughs> and yeah, we didn't we didn't want to kind of split it up with last week's two, do like four or five and then four or five because... Yeah. The scheduled release dates were, you know, kind of in the middle of it. So we thought it'd be best um, the people that want the content, they don't have to, you know, sit through part of a show or kind of skip ahead. They can just get this kind of special edition. So this will be an extra podcast more than usual. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon around 3.30. And then um, on Thursday, we're going to do a special kind of spring previews um, show because we're going to basically, I think by that point, kind of have all our uh, at least sources wrapped up that we wanted to talk to not all the stories will be out yet but um already yesterday um track and field came out and baseball um and more and more are going to be coming so um absolutely a a fun time now but we're kind of so we get to you know look back a little bit have a little bit of a retrospective take on it um after kind of a crazy couple of months um so so i'm kind of excited so brian where should we start today I think we're going to go with girls basketball first um, kind of makes sense after the fun weekend that just happened this past weekend. Um, like I said, while, while Zach and Dave were out in Pittsburgh covering the Huskies um, for the national championship, I was in the cities covering um, at tar- at the target center, covering Albany girls basketball um, and their state tournament run. They played Tuesday. Um, they won against Glencoe Silver Lake and then they um, went up against uh, Providence Academy, who kind of shockingly um, beat the number one seed, New London Spicer, in the semifinals. Um, and so they faced off on Friday for the national champion or national <laughs> state championship. There we go. <laughs> um, in class double A. And uh, Albany was able to get the, the victory on, on Friday and um, was able to bring home their fourth state championship in, in program history. Um, and just a very, very cool game. Very fun game. I know you were watching a little bit um, while you were kind of in between practices and Zoom calls and such, um, but definitely a fun game. Uh, I think the Huskies definitely use their depth to their advantage. Um, Providence Academy doesn't use doesn't use as many girls um, on their bench. I think they only use one girl on their bench, um, while Albany kind of goes eight, maybe even nine deep um, on their bench. And so 
they were able to kind of rotate a lot of the girls and there was two sisters in the, in the um, center position that kind of controlled the paint quite a bit for Providence Academy. And the Huskies were able to use probably two or three different um, forwards slash centers to kind of mix it up, bring in some new legs and kind of some fresh bodies and be able to kind of keep competing in the paint with them um, to make their lives a little bit harder in the paint um, compared to most teams. Um, so it was just kind of, it was a very good game. Very, it kind of was a little bit of some runs. Albany went on a run early on Providence Academy came back and made it an 18 to 17 um, game at the half. Then it kind of went back and forth in the beginning of the second half. And then finally Albany just kept going. They, I think Paige Meyer kind of told me that they thought maybe they were kind of slowing down. They were a little bit more tired um, after playing 36 minutes in both in the semifinals and in the quarterfinals game. Um, and so they kind of took advantage of it and they used some very good transitions some fast tempo. They were able to kind of control the, the ball quite a bit and uh, they were able to, you know, start scoring some points and get some key three pointers was able to get some key free throws um, widen the gap a little bit. And then I think they definitely won over double digits um, at the end of the game. And I think that's just kind of been the name of the game this season. Yeah. I mean, every single win, all year long was by double digits. Um, I can't remember the exact exact stat I kind of put together, but basically every game throughout in sections, they won by almost, I think it was like 29 a game. And it's, uh, in the postseason, it was like 22 a game um, at state. I mean, it was just, it, other than their one loss to New London that you were at earlier in the year, I mean, every game was double digits throughout the year and they just, they just rolled. And um, because of that, Paige Meyer was um, the player of the year. Uh, she averaged... 20 points, seven rebounds, almost six assists, and four steals a game. Um, while incredible shooting splits, too, 56% from the field, 48% on three-pointers um, is, is, is insane, especially at that level. Um, and, yes, it just – especially after almost two triple-doubles um, in the state semifinals and finals, um, she was just one or two rebounds and an assist off here or there, but um, – it was she made all ten of her free throws in the championship too. It was um, pretty a pretty easy decision after that run, and it yeah. And in that final game too, I mean they held Providence to fourteen of forty six shooting overall, one of eleven from three. Um, I mean they just they continued to play good defense like they did all year. And in that second half, um, after they let Providence get back in it, it seemed Paige she kind of took over. She started being more aggressive, looking for her own shot. And then in the first half, a lot of times where she was dishing and maybe people were missing layups, not being able to control it at the rim, um, everyone else kind of started to step up too in that second half. And it just kind of all came together as a perfect recipe and um, they're able to get their first state title since 2008. Yeah, no, it was very fun, very fun night. I know they, they were able to celebrate a little bit. They went back to Albany and went to their football field and there was a bunch of fans sitting there waiting for them to cheer them on. They were able to raise the trophy and, kind of have a sense of, you know, celebration just because the awards were very weird. They didn't do medals for each individual. They just kind of gave you the title. They gave you the medals and you were going to, you, you could put them on later. Um, but due to COVID protocols and stuff, they just couldn't do it all at, at the target center. So it was nice to see that they were able to have some type of hometown celebration um, when they returned back um, after the game on Friday night. Um, but s- sounds like you have, I know Zach, you, you kind of worked on the girls basketball, um, all Metro, maybe kind of take us through your thoughts on, on that, those selections. Cause it seems like a couple other Huskies were able to, to make the list too. 
Yeah, um, Abby Christian was the other one on the first team. Um, she had to miss their postseason run last year but uh, with an injury, but this year she averaged about 10 points and two steals a game. Um, she was also really big defensively through, for them throughout um, the entire season and especially um, in the postseason. So she was also on the first team. Um, the, for basketball, first teams and second teams were five selections each. Um, so I'll just hit a couple of the other selections too. Um, Jada Bierschbach from Recori, she's a sophomore guard. Um, she averaged over 17 a game as Recori. Uh, they were 12 and seven overall, their first winning season in over 15 years. Um, and a pretty bright future with her and a lot of other sophomores and juniors that are going to be coming back. Um, Courtney Snowberger for Sartell. Uh, she was a captain as a senior. She had almost 11 points a game, shot about 45% from the field, um, and also grabbed around five rebounds a game. And she was a big part of them, too. They made it to um, the section semifinals before they went out. But she had a really good senior season. Um, and then the last one on the first team was Faith Van Erp from Cathedral. Uh, she was a senior guard. She was an all-conference selection, too, averaged about 11 a game, 40% um, shooting, four rebounds, three assists, three steals per game. Just a really good all-around player um, that did a lot for them, controlled the pace, um, could post up, too, score inside, and um, just had a, had a great senior season as well. Um, the other ones that made second team, uh, Kira Anderson from Apollo, Megan Dristy from Sartell, Ashley Libesmeyer from Ricori. Grace Resch from Sock Rapids and Kate Stangler from Cathedral. So uh, quite a few teams represented um, pretty good across the board, very guard heavy. Um, a lot of good guards in this class and also coming up that are younger. Um, I think there was only one, two, three, uh, four or five, you know, about half the team was um, seniors, but there's also quite a few younger ones, um, junior sophomores that um, I expect big things from next year too. But yeah, on the girls basketball front, you get a local team win a state title. Um, it's a pretty good year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And makes our jobs a little bit easier next year as we get ready for <laughs> all metros next year. Cause you at least have a handful of girls that you kind of expect to be, you know, leading these teams in the, in the next year or two. Um, and going to be kind of fun to just see how they, how they do, because there are going to be some open spots as, you know, like you said, Courtney graduates, Paige graduates, Abby graduates, faith graduates, um, and so it'll be interesting to see who takes those spots heading into the, into the 2021, 22 season. Yeah. And there's a lot of good Albany players too, that just didn't make the list because they, they are so deep that, you know, there's a lot that only score five, six points a game, grab a couple of rebounds, but, um, are still really good players. So it'll be interesting next year. Paige has been, you know, the catalyst for them for, you know, four, four, three, four years or so. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who kind of steps up and I assume you'll, you'll see some bigger stat totals from some of those people that kind of came off the bench or were more role players for them during the state title. Absolutely. Kind of transitioning um, still in the basketball realm, um, but kind of moving into the boys basketball, you also took this story um, and did those selections for boys basketball, maybe kind of run through um, your thoughts on, on these, on these players. And seems like kind of a couple familiar names from last year's team, um, but also some newer names that kind of took, took the world by storm, honestly. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was a good, it was a pretty good year for boys basketball. No state, uh, you know, no one that qualified for state. Um, only one team that made it to the section final was Sock Rapids. Um, but we still did see, you know, a pretty good amount of representation across the board. No one had, you know, three, four selections like Apollo last year it was more even this year. Um, Ethan Upsell, senior from Sock Rapids, he was player of the year. Um, he was a big reason they got that far. He averaged over 20 a game, four rebounds. Um, he made 55 three-pointers this year, which averages out to, you know, about two to three he made a game. Um, but he also had 
three 30 point games. Um, first 15 games of the year, he was over 20 points a game. Um, just kind of scoring was every, he brought them every single game, something for scoring, um, which was key for them. And he also did some other nice things. Like, like I said, grabbing some boards, playing some, some defense as kind of a taller guard too at six, four, um, Derek Peterson said that he's, you know, getting some looks from a lot of D three schools, a couple D two schools too, to play basketball. So I would expect him to, to probably play basketball at the next level, especially after, um, this really good season, he said, and Derek also, he said he's one of the best shooters he's ever coached, um, which was clear, especially I think first game of the year, I saw me at 37 points against Apollo. Um, he had a couple, he had one or two other tough shooting nights when we were there in person, but you know, that one especially stood out because he just, he just couldn't miss for stretches and he kind of had that going for them all year. Yeah, no, it seemed like he had a very, a very strong year and, and also with, with him, there was plenty of other kind of similar to Albany where, you know, you had a, quite a bit of some players that could, that could generate stats, both whether it was assists, rebounds, points. Um, but it seems like you kind of had a, had a nice duo on your um, first team for Sartell. Yep. The, the names you'd kind of expect Gus Gunderson and Mason Lund uh, both had, both had really good years that, you know, we still were, were kind of surprised where they ended up only finishing, you know, 10 and 10 or so about 500 um, after how they started. But um, it wasn't for, you know, lack of these guys performing night after night. Um, Gus, he, he had over nearly 17 a game, um, also had two steals a game, four assists a game, uh, 48% on threes too, which is a really good mark. Makes me think that, um, you know, he might only be 5'11", but I still would expect him to, to probably get some looks or have a chance to play in college just because of his ability to, to score, pass, kind of do all of those things um, really quick as well. So uh, he had a really effective year. Mason also had a pretty good junior year, uh, 16 and a half a game, eight rebounds, especially on the boards. He, he was kind of everywhere. Also had a block a game um, and 57 percent. On his two point uh, on his two point attempts, I saw he was only twenty nine percent from beyond the arc, which kind of surprised me because um, I think he kind of is a much better shooter than that. I think he just it seemed like especially down the stretch he just had some he's kind of couldn't get it going a lot of the games from beyond the arc, um, but he still had a pretty good shooting percentage with that factored in. So I would say next year um, if he can get his three point per- percentage back up to kind of where it was as a sophomore, it was a little bit higher as a sophomore. Um, he's going to be really really hard to stop next year so I think there's still uh, big things to expect out of him especially if he can um, knock it down from beyond the arc better yeah absolutely and then a couple other seniors on your first team yep um, Nolan Reuter who you know has been on the team for a couple years now um, on these all metro all com- you know all area teams um, he averaged right around 14 a game shooting 40 percent from the field um, you know just just kind of a go-to guy for Albany. They had a lot of guys that could have been on the team. They had a really, really well-rounded team balanced effort from them this year. Uh, but Nolan was kind of the one that always stuck out a little bit. And he also had, he was second on the team with five and a half rebounds, had the most assists on the team too. Um, usually pretty hard to kind of like how Paige did lead in, you know, points and assists isn't always the most common, especially in high school. So um, always pretty good when you can get that sign. Uh, they finished 17 and four, a really good year. You know, they lost to Melrose three times, also by three points in the in the section semifinals. So um, definitely someone I'm sure they're going to be looking to get back at next year. Um, and he's going to be playing football at St. John's, too, um, but also a really good basketball player this year. And then last on the first team um, was Kumar Gresham, who transferred in from Minneapolis. Patrick Henry uh, was really big for the Eagles all year. 19 points a game on 46 percent shooting. Um 
you know, he could kind of get 20 at any time, could attack, hit threes. Um, you know, he had a stretch in February where against recording Sartell, he had uh, 54 points and 11 three-pointers in only two games. Um, I think that just kind of showed when he's on what he was capable of. And he was a really kind of fun addition that, you know, he was only here for this year, so we hadn't got to see him before. Uh, but he was a, a really good piece for the Eagles this year. Definitely. Maybe just kind of round out the, the team with uh, the second team selections. Yep, we had Thomas Dew from Apollo. Um, you know, also another really good year scoring on the boards. He'll he'll just like he was this year. He'll be a focal point even probably more next year for scoring as well. I'd expect big things out of him as a senior. Um, Tucker Hokinson from Recory had a great year. Andrew Hahn, senior from Albany. Um, Eli Moylanin, Soccer Rapids Rice junior, who really came on strong this year. And then Tavion Norwood from Tech was a senior. Uh, so from that list, um, you know, there's only three juniors on it. Is Mason. Um, Eli and Thomas. So those going into next year, those are definitely the people I expect to, to have even bigger years as seniors. Absolutely. No, I, yeah, that, I know for you, it was a tough, tough selection just because there was so many guys that kind of contributed to all these different teams. And obviously you have your bigger names like Mason Lund that's been around and has been on these teams um, in the past, but, but you also look at, you know, some of these other guys that just kind of showed up this year and, and kind of took the world by storm, honestly, and, and was able to, to kind of turn some heads a little bit. And so um, I'm sure even though there's only three juniors on this list, there's plenty of um, other players that are going to be coming back next year that are going to make an impact on all of these local teams. Yep. And that's always the fun part. You know, you can, you can expect so much, you can do all the research, but in the end, there's always guys that, you know, midway through the season early on, um, step into those roles and really run with it. We saw a couple of those this year and it'll be the same next year. Like it always is. Yeah. Well, kind of transitioning, we're going to do one more before we take a break. Um, transitioning into dance. Um, that was my, my bread and butter. Um, so I'm going to, I'm, I, I took on that role and, and started working on the all Metro dance team this year. No shock, but uh, Sartell, they, they got a couple, a uh, couple people on the first team. I guess if you get your fifth straight high kick title and your first ever jazz title, you deserve a couple people on the first team, I would say. I'd say that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so um, like, like I was saying, Sartell kind of took the the big names in the sense of being class double a champions in both jazz and high kick. Um, Cathedral was also there. They finished fifth in uh, jazz for class double a they finished sixth in um, high kick and then Ricori also advanced to um, the state tournament. They weren't able to um, compete due to COVID protocols. Um, and so they weren't able to compete at the meet, but they still definitely had a great season making it to state and being able to get there. Um, the last team that made it there was sock rapids. They finished 12th in the class triple a high kick um, at state. So, um, quite a bit of names at, at the state dance meet, no shocker there. Um, kind of seems like that's pretty typical around this area is we have a handful of different teams that make it there. Um, to start off the dancer of the year was Maggie Schneider, um, from Sartell. She's a senior. Um, she just, I mean, she, along with many of the other senior dancers for Sartell are probably gonna be the most decorated um, dancers in Sartell program history as of right now. Obviously, we don't know what the future is going to hold, 
but um but right now she's probably one of the most decorated um athletes for Sartell um just being able to win she has four high kick titles in in her time as um as a dancer there she also has a third place jazz a second place jazz and a first place jazz title um she was captain of the she was co-captain of the of the team this year and she is probably one of the most contributed uh, from what Kelly told me is she's just one of the most exceptional athletes and just an amazing dancer and person um, that she's met. So um, she's going to be, she, she was voted most valuable player or dancer on their, on their team this year from their, from her teammates um, and definitely deserves to be dancer of the year this year. Um, the other two Sartell dancers that made it onto the first team was Sydney Musatov. Um, she's a senior as well as Brooke Andel. She's also a senior. Um, similar statistics as Maggie in the sense of they they all were a part of from freshman year to senior year. They were all part of the varsity team. So all of them kind of have the same accolades. Um, Sydney was voted Sabre star by her teammates this year while Brooke was um, voted most dedicated by her teammates. Um, all three of them have made their contributions plenty with Sartell Dance um, and will be very, very well remembered in this program um, as they leave this upcoming year. Um, as for Cathedral, uh, I put two down for them. There was eight total on both, uh, eight on the first team and eight on the second team. Brianna Reuter, um, she's a senior as well as Ma- Mallory Schneider from Cathedral. She is also a senior. Um, both of them kind of helped with contributing to what Cathedral was able to do this year. Cathedral missed the state tournament last year, um, and everyone was hungry to get back there this year. Um, and so these these two seniors were able to contribute quite a bit to the choreography and all of the different stuff to, to get them to where they are. Um, they were able to finish in fifth place, like I said, at, at jazz, sixth place in high kick. Um, Reuter was named all conference multiple times in all state this season. Um, she won the heart of the team award for, um, this, for the cathedral team. Schneider Mallory was, um, she was, has been named all conference multiple years. She was named all, all state in high kick for two years. And she was voted most consistent on the team, um, this year. Also on the list, um, just to kind of round out the top, the, the top, the first team um, recipients, Mackenzie Punsack from Ricori. She's a senior and Riley Jude from Ricori. She's a, she's a junior. Um, they both were able to um, continue their success with Ricori. Like we said, they didn't even, they didn't get to compete at state, but they've had quite a bit of success um, going to state last year. Um, and they have definitely made their mark on, um, what they've been able to do and what they've been able to accomplish this, these past couple of years. Um, and then to round out the crew, Bella, um, um, from Sock Rapids, she is a senior. Um, she was one of the leaders for the Sock Rapids dance team this year, um, and has been kind of a strong dancer as well as leader for the storm throughout her career there. Yeah. And if you, um, if you want to also, read on on the rest of the second team it's a lot of names and we're not going to get to hit everyone for all these sports um for all of these they're all on sdtimes.com um they are for subscriber only stories 
but um, I know we had some really big subscription sales going lately, you know, like 30 bucks for the year, a dollar for like, you know, five, six months. Um, take advantage of those if you want to continue to read on. Um, Cause otherwise we're going to be here for like two, three hours if we want to get to everyone. Um, but yeah, is there anything else um, you want to add Brian about dance this year? No, just a, yet again, a really strong season. Um, and like always, you always kind of think, okay, all these girls are going to graduate. How's the team going to look next year? And somehow we always have three or four teams that make it to state again. So I don't expect anything to change next year. Um, I think the only way that they're going to ever change is if the coaches change, <laughs> um, because those coaches are just prominent figures and very, very good coaches in this, in this area. So definitely a fun, fun thing to work on. Um, I always have fun with dance just because that's one of my backgrounds is dance. So, um, yeah, definitely a lot of fun and congratulations to, to all of them, the girls, basketball, boys, basketball, and dance for everything that they've been able to do a lot of, a lot of good teams and a lot of good players and, and dancers. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, we're going to take our first break. When we come back on the other side, uh, we're going to get hit girls and boys hockey and swimming. And then um, later on in the show, we're going to hit all the rest of the sports too. But those are the three that are coming up next. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Like we said, we're going to be going through boys and girls hockey and also swimming in this kind of middle segment of all our all-metro teams. We had 10 in total that we've been working on the last couple of weeks, finally all wrapped up on Sunday with girls basketball. Uh, but the first one that came out, I believe, was it girls or boys hockey that came out first, Brian? Uh, girls came out on Saturday. That, yeah, the, the previous Saturday, yeah, about, about two weeks ago now. And so I think we'll start with that one. Um, obviously you had River Lakes going to state for the first time was the big factor. Um, so, you know, that, that, that was kind of the big storyline, uh, throughout the year and it was really cool to see them make that appearance. Um, since, you know, storming Sabres once was the only time many of our local teams had made it before this. So, uh, that was big. And, um, one of the stars players was player of the year. Yeah, no, I, Keanu Roski definitely deserves to be player of the year this year, which is what she's been able to contribute for the River Lakes stars. Um, like you said, going to the state tournament for the first time in program history for both girls and boys um, is just a huge accomplishment. And she's was kind of one of the leaders on the team this year. Um, she's a junior. Um, so both the first team and second team, I did three forwards, two defensemen and, and one goalie. Um, and so with her, she's a forward. Um, she's returning next year. She's probably one of the few that are returning next year um, due to the 12, I think there was like 12 seniors on the team this year. So going to be a lot of changes, but she's definitely someone to look at. She'll be heading to Minnesota state Mankato next year or not next year, the following year, um, once she graduates. Um, and she was phenomenal this year. She, um, she finished this year as one of the leading scorers for the team. She finished with 13 goals, seven assists, um, had 20 total points this season. She'll be returning next year as probably one of 
I would guess probably one of the captains um, and one of the top players in the area for um, girls hockey. Um, Alexis Klatt, who's the head coach, she finished or she added on that she was just very an exceptional player, both on and off the ice. She is a true team player. Um, she would do whatever she needed to do in, in the team's best interest. She's actually a defense. Um, she plays on defense quite a bit, but moved to forward this year just due to how it would help the team. And so she was willing to make that change just to help the team and, and get to the state tournament. And so that just kind of shows you what type of player she is. And who are the other members um, on the first team also from River Lakes? Yeah. So on, on the River Lakes side, um, Paige Blattner, she's a junior defenseman for uh, River Lakes. She earned one of the spots for defense. She finished the season. Um, she finished the season with shutting down basically on a nightly basis opponents. Um, the defense only gave up 1.76 goals per game um, this season and also five shutouts. So she was pretty much unstoppable. They were pretty much unstoppable. Um, she finished with six goals and four assists to make up 10 total points. Um, and then the other River Lakes player on the, on the first team was Cadence Roski, who is Kiana's sister. Um, she's an eighth grade goalie um, and definitely probably one of the better goalies around here. She's just been consistently good every single season. Um, she finished with 395 saves. She had a 93.2 saving percentage um, along with the five shutouts. Um, she finished the season with a 10 and six record as the starting goalie. Um, and she will probably be the starting goalie for the next four years for the river lakes, which is crazy to say. Um, Cause usually you don't see eighth graders making the list, but with just how good she is and what she's been able to do, it, it's a must. <laughs> Absolutely. And then can you just kind of run through quickly the, the last three members of that first team? Yeah. So the, the last few um, for forward wise, we have Cat Bell um, from St. Cloud. She's a junior forward. Um, she finished the season with 15 goals and nine assists to make 24 total points. Um, the, she helped the icebreakers get to a seven and 11 record this year. Um, and we'll have, we'll be returning next year as a senior and um, continuing to keep growing that program. Um, the other, the other person on the team was Lauren Wenzel, who's a senior forward for the Sartell Sock Rapids Storm and Sabres. Um, she finished the season with six goals and 13 assists for 19 points. Um, she's actually going to be heading out to Lake Forest College next season to play in the NCHA. Um, and then the final member of the team was Morgan Crumwell from Sartell Sock Rapids. She's a senior defenseman, um, and she has been probably one of the top defenders for the Storm and Sabres over the last few years. Um, she finished the season with two goals and five assists for seven total points, and she'll be heading to Aurora University next year in the NCHA. Yeah, so a couple, a lot of players, you know, playing at the next level on this team too. That's always fun to see, and also quite quite a few back. Like you said, all three of those from River Lakes. Like you said, they might be losing a lot of seniors, but the ones that are back are some of their top players. So, um, they'll be dangerous down the road. There's also players from uh, St. Cloud and Sartell Sock Rapids, along with River Lakes, also on the second team. So you can check that out in the story on the website, too. Um, and on the boys' side, I know Sartell, they had a big year, too. Um, you know, didn't make it to state like River Lakes, like we've been talking about, but they made a really big jump up um, and seemed to kind of put everyone on notice. And, and that seemed to be a big decision uh, 
for you on kind of who was player of the year on the boys' side? Yeah, I it was it was a toss-up between Quinton Sugrinson, the goalie for Sartell, and Michael Webster from um, their defenseman. I gave it to Michael um, due to the fact that he is one of their captains, one of their leaders. He's a senior defenseman for Sartell and um, had a phenomenal year this year um, and was a big part of the defensive line for Sartell being able to get to that section semifinals and beat Cathedral in the quarterfinals. Um, he finished the season with nine goals, 19 assists, which made up 28 total points, which is very impressive for a defenseman. Usually you don't have those types of numbers um, just because that's the way it is. <laughs> um, but he had a really good season. Um, he kind of, from what Ryan, Ryan Hacker, the, the head coach said, he, he's kind of, he kind of laid the groundwork for what's to come for Sartell in the future. Um, they're starting to build quite a bit of a program over there and they have quite a bit of returners coming back. And Ryan just said that he's, he kind of laid that foundation that was needed to build those building blocks heading into the future. So, um, definitely a very good season for Webster, um, and for Michael, but, um, but yeah, just a very good overall performance by him this year. And then, um, the two other members from Sartell on the first team too. kind of how big were they as well this season? Yeah, um, kind of starting off with Quinton Sugrinson. Like I said, he was in debate for player of the year this year. Um, had a really good se- uh, junior season as, as goalie for the Sartell Sabres. Um, basically what I wrote in there, he's a brick wall because he was. I mean, he, he stopped pretty much everything that came his way. He had 474 sh- um, saves and, uh, and he had about a 1.9 goals per game average this year. Um, he finished with a 92.9 saving percentage and had five shutouts. Um, he'll be returning next year as the starting goalie. And I mean, I don't even know what he, what he can do next year. If he's already blocking that many shots, uh, it, it'll be impressive to see what he can do next year. Um, the other Sartell player on, on the first team was Troy Lund. Um, he's a sophomore forward. Um, he was very impressive. And as a sophomore, usually sophomores don't make the first team a whole lot just because we typically give it to juniors or seniors if, if it is kind of a tie or whatever, but Troy just had a really good season, finished with 10 goals, 17 assists, 27 total points. Um, he was kind of that spark that they needed offensively um, for the Sabres on that first line. Um, and he's going to be coming back as a uh, upperclassman next year as a junior He's also going to be coming back as probably one of the one of the top end goal scorers for them, um, and will be pretty much expected to to be that goal scorer for them for the next couple of years. Yeah, and for St. Cloud, they also um, had a couple members that had some pretty good scoring seasons um, as juniors. Only August Faluna, a name we've talked about on here quite a bit, fifteen goals, 11, 11 assists, twenty six total points, and then Max Rudd on the defensive end. Um, you know, having 21 assists and five goals, um, you know, those are two high scoring options that they're going to continue to rely on just like they did this year. And, you know, they had a winning season this year. Um, I know they're, they're going to be looking to, to kind of make some noise next year as well. And then um, Colin Hildner from Cathedral also with, with a really strong year, 18 goals, 12 assists for 30 total points and some really big high scoring nights, um, individual performances that were really good, even though, you know, Cathedral, they only had an eight and 10 season down a bit for them. Um, he still was a really consistent performer for them. 
Yeah, I think the only other thing I wanted to add on on the All Metro for boys, um, I put Jacob Hirschfield as a um, as a second team member. Very close um, decision there. Uh, Jacob had just similar stats to Colin Hiltner as well. Um, both of them had really good seasons, and it was just a very tough decision. Problem is, is there's too many good forwards in this area. <laughs> so, I know. Yeah. Congratulations it's, it's to all of them. I, I mean, even if you make the second team, that's also a, a huge kudos because there's a lot of really good athletes around this area for boys hockey. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I don't, people probably don't think we wrestle with these decisions as much as we do, but there is times we're calling back and forth. We're trying to decide, you know, make sure, sure we get it right, talk to the coaches extra times, um, all that kind of stuff because we do want to make it as accurate as possible because it is, it's razor thin margins on some of these. Um, but it's all, it's always a fun thing to do every single season. And then, um, on the swimming side, that was the one I kind of took care of, um, for all metros and, uh, unsurprisingly, a lot, of, a lot of Sartell, a lot of tech, um, a TCR for tech Cathedral Corey, um, just with, the with an insane season with what they were able to do. Um, but Chris Morris was the swimmer of the year, just like what? he was. I know it was had to make some really tough decisions here. Paige being girls player of the year, you know, Chris being swimmer of the year, just these really controversial picks. But um, I mean, it, it was, it was really simple. He broke pool records basically everywhere he was, uh, won two state titles individually, uh, broke a record that had stood since before he, I was born even. That's how long ago it was. Um, and was able, I think they finished um, seventh as a team, if I remember right, at state, which is just really strong. He was in a couple relays too that made it to state. Um, and I know you got to do a feature on him earlier in the year. It just, it just, he rolled through the entire year in a way that um, probably could have even better than he hoped for when he came out for for the varsity team for the first time this year. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a lot of fun writing that story with him. And he's just, he's a very, very, very good athlete. And he dedicates basically his whole life to, to swimming. And I know his sisters do as well. They're on the girls team. Um, but the fun part was, is it one, when I talked to him earlier this season, he told me his, you know, his little routine that he does every time that he gets in the pool. And it was fun being able to watch it on the streaming network or whatever, when he was doing his state, uh, state, state tournament. And so it was just, kind of fun to see him like slap his chest and all the different stuff that he told me the first time. I'm like, Oh, I remember him saying that. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely deserve that one for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, there were so many other talented people, especially on this swimming team had pretty big team here. I kind of tried to go, um, you know, with a couple sprinters, a couple of, you know, long distance, um, you know, a diver, a couple relay teams. It was all kind of spread around, but um, from tech cathedral Ricori as well. Um, there was Tom Hoffman, uh, Karsten Reuter, and then, um, they both also made it just, they had, you know, competed in the, in the relays competed as individuals. Um, there's not even time to read all these people's results because there's just so many. And we had so many guys at state this year, which was really cool to see, um, at two A and one A with, um, you know, tech being in two A and Sartell being one A, they both just performed incredibly. Um, the big one, um, uh, for Sartell is, is, was Garrett Mars. He was, you know, the third Sartell boy swimmer to earn an individual state title um, when he claimed first in the 100 free, um, which was an All-American consideration time. Um, and then he was also on the relay team that was the first that, uh, you know, Jason Anderson said he's ever had a relay team win at state, which is crazy to think with all the years of second, thirds, um, 
all of that, they finally kind of went over, uh, got over that hump with a really talented relay team um, of George Larson, Jack Thomas, Carter Larson, um, and Garrett. And Carter, George, and Jack, they're also all on the first team as individuals um, in just a variety of events. They all were, you know, top five, top 10 finishers at state and a couple different things. Um, you know, swimming was just really strong this year. David Binsfield was uh, for diving as only a sophomore. Um, he placed you know, eighth at state this year too. Um, he was a top 10 finisher last year. That one was really hard with him um, and Elijah Grubinski at Sock Rapids, who, um, you know, was a class up for state, might not have finished as high, but also had similar marks or higher marks even at some regular season meets. That was a really hard one to decide. Um, I kind of ended up going with David just because of that postseason performance. Um, but yeah, there's tons, there's also some guys from Apollo, um, more guys from Sock Rapids. There's tons and tons. And, you know, Sartell had what, 10, 15 guys at the state meet. Um, you'll see most of those names on there too. But um, for swimming with all the different times, everything, that's definitely one you'll want to check out on the website because um, it was fun going back and just seeing all those records, marks they were able to perform um, in a really historic season for a lot of these programs. Well, it was just crazy. I mean, every week we would be like, okay, another pool record, not just for Chris, but also for, I mean, Garrett had a few. George had a few, Carter had a few. So it was like every week it was like, all right, what's, what's the new news in swimming? Cause it seems like every week there's some shockingly big pool record news that uh, we, that we were able to watch or hear about, which was, which is always fun as a sports reporter. When, when you get to, when you get to see all these kids breaking all these pool records and doing their best work um, in the pool. Yeah. And, you know, especially because not only did they do it throughout the year, they, they all came up big in postseason there. I don't think there was a single person that, you know, we kind of expected big things out of that didn't really show up on that, you know, section stage at state stage. I mean, everyone kind of ended up or even outperformed what we expected. Um, so, so I think that was even more exciting. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I mean, Sartell was able to get third once again in the postseason at state um, tying what they were able to do last year. So um, yeah, definitely. Definitely a fun season for sure, but I think that'll kind of wrap up this this segment. I think um, we're going to catch a little bit of wind, maybe get some water, um, kind of get our mouths a little bit more moist so that we can we can finish off this uh, this podcast. But uh, when we get back, we we'll be talking about gymnastics, wrestling, as well as boys and girls skiing, um, and uh, yeah. So make sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back um, after this. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We are in the home stretch of our all metros. We talked about six of them so far. We're going to hit the final four here in this last segment um, from all our winter sports. A really fun winter. Um, I think we'll start with wrestling. Brian, I know you had five on the first team. Um, all five advanced pretty far in um, the state tournament. I don't think you had to do it, kind of worked out where all there was exactly five that made it to a certain point. It made it a lot easier for you um, to make those decisions. Yeah, no. It- Definitely was a little bit easier this year. Um, my wrestler of the year, though, I wouldn't have never expected at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Ethan Torgrimson got the um, wrestler of the year for um, the first team. And 
deservingly so. He joined the team this year for the first time. Um, he's a senior, so he's only doing it one year. And um, he was eager to learn and definitely was able to do that um, by going. I think he finished um, he finished the season 28 and 6. Um, and that definitely was he earned the honors of, and he also finished the top. He was the top finisher in the local area for wrestlers um, at state. So um, definitely deserved that. And then kind of going into the rest of the first team, um, you had Austin Moshko from Ricori. He's a junior at 152 pounds. Um, he finished 28 and six this season. Um, we'll be returning next year. Spencer Johnson from Sartell. He's a junior at 120 pounds. He finished the year 31 and three. Um, he finished fourth place at the state um, and will be returning next year for the Sabres as well. Jackson Kenning from St. Cloud um, Co-op. He is a freshman at 126 pounds. He finished 25 and six this year, took home fourth place um, at, um, the, at state. And, um, and then Cole Ackerman from Sock Rapids, he finished uh he, he finished 19 and five. He's a junior from Sock Rapids at 170 pounds and uh, he will be returning next year as well. So the only one that graduates this year on the first team is, is Ethan. So um, some familiar faces coming back next year and, you know, maybe, maybe a similar lineup next year for, for all metros, but also quite a few um, sec on the second team, quite a few, none of nobody's, nobody's graduating. So the only one that's returning or that's graduating is Ethan. So Quite a bit of uh, some successful futures here coming up here for wrestling. So it should be kind of a fun season into the 2021-22 season. Yeah, it's always good when you guys – you have guys that either have that state experience just make such a difference the following year. So that could lead to some even bigger results next year. So like Brian said, definitely stay tuned um, on the wrestling scene next year because it could be a big year for a couple individuals. And then um, moving on to gymnastics, which was the final uh, preview or all-metro that I put together um, – this one, kind of like some of these other ones I said, you know, it didn't take too much time to figure out. This one was especially easy because uh, Marley Mashad, she won the all-around title um, for Class 2A, which is the biggest class in the state. Um, she also won individual state titles on vault and bars, um, and the team won the title. So really you couldn't do any better unless she would have also decided to win beam at floor. That would have been, I guess, like the peak <laughs> of what you could have done. But she was pretty close. Um but yeah, she just had incredible year, even though she was second in the all-around at sections um, to Taylor Schaefer from Tech Apollo Cathedral, who is also on the first team. Um, Marley was still able to put in just an insane performance on some of those events at state. Um, a 9.875 on vault and a 9.725 on bars, which is about as close to perfect as you can even like expect. Um, so she was just incredible all year. She has been for a couple of years for them, but this year especially just kind of put them over the top with how deep they were too and um, how well she showed up winning them a lot of points, especially because, um, you know, this year you're, there wasn't different, uh, you know, performances for individual and state like there usually is. It was just one night, one score that you did, and it all went together. So um, you only had one shot to, you know, to put in those type of scores, and, and she did it. So um, – that was pretty cool to see, especially Sartell get that first state gymnastics title. Um, Carly Yang was also on the first team. Um, she was also, she qualified for state in the all around, um, had a really good section meet. She was 13th in the all around. 
um, and second on bars at state too. She had a 9.6 only behind Marley. So uh, she, she was another big factor for them. There was also four, um, there was four other Sartell uh, gymnasts and three of them were seniors on the second team. They made almost up the entire second team too, because they were just that, that deep and dominant this year. So um, a lot of Sartell love on that team um, just because of how great they were also on um, from a couple of the other schools that made the first team, um, Caitlin Zach, she made it as state qualifier individually on bars. Um, and then she was, she finished 31st on bars at the state meet. Um, Carly Weisenbeck, she made her first state appearance um, after competing on beam. Um, she was 44th on beam at state. And then um, Taylor Schaefer, like I mentioned earlier, she was really good in the all around again. Um, you know, she was sixth overall um, at the class 2A state meet. Um, she was also second on vault, I believe, again. Uh, she had a 9.8 on vault, which probably a lot of years would win it if Marley didn't have like a 9.875. So um, she was really close to getting another individual state title because um, she was second as a freshman there too. Um, so yeah, just a, a lot of great performances too, kind of like we mentioned with some of these these other sports that um, people also compete as individuals, like um, swimming and a couple of these others. We just had some like out of this world performances this year and success. And it, it kind of stunk that it wasn't a normal year where, you know, you couldn't be at as many of these events. We couldn't talk to them all in person and get some of those same reaction shots. Um, but we still, we did what we could just kind of like these athletes did. And uh, it was a really fun season for that. Yeah, no, I, I know for, for you, you were asking me if you, if we could go to Albany together. And I was like, unfortunately no because <laughs> it's just it's just the way it is you know this season but luckily we were still able to have state tournaments and be able to you know compete and you know battle for those state titles and so um because otherwise we would have had a really boring postseason because <laughs> we had quite a bit of uh, some talent here in the in the postseason but um to wrap up the all metros um we have skiing this year we combined all alpine and nordic together um, just due to numbers and such. Um, but we combined them all together for the boys side, um, skier of the year went to Ben Nelson from, uh, the St. Cloud breakaways, um, for the Alpine skiing. He's a senior. He was phenomenal. Um, consistent, super good, um, was able to finish the season seventh at state, which is incredible. Um, and he was, he finished probably first in pretty much every single regular season meet. So definitely deserved that top spot um, and that skier of the year for the boys side this year um, on the team on the first team also was Louis stuck from um, the breakaways. He goes to cathedral. Ben Nelson also goes to tech. Um, he's a senior and uh, he also had a great season. And then on the Nordic side um, you have Johnny Smith or Nemeth um, from Sartell cathedrals co-op. He's a sophomore as well as um, Charles Lin Lindale from uh, Sartell Cathedral. Um, he's a sophomore as well. So those two will be returning um, for to be kind of leaders for that team next year. On the girls' side, um, the skier of the year for, for first team was Ren Scott Lumbar from Tech. Uh, she's a senior. She's been very consistent every single year as a skier. Um, I think that's something that we will be sad to – because basically she was an automatic pick for the all Metro team for the last, I think two, three seasons. And just due to her consistency, she's, she's been very, very good. Um, she finished third in the section meet 
um, and was just phenomenal. She finished 31st in the state meet, which is really good. Um, and she will be graduating this upcoming year. Um, also on the team for first team was Abby Wright from the breakaway. She goes to tech. She's a sophomore, so she'll be returning next year. Um, as well as Paige Muffelman from Ricori. She was on the breakaway. She's a freshman. Um, both of them made it to state and then Violet style from, um, Sartell cathedral. Um, she's a sophomore for Nordic skiing. She also made it to the state, um, state meet this year. And she will be returning to kind of be one of the leaders for that co-op team as well. So, yeah, so kind of um, to the general takeaways that, you know, we had some really good senior performances, some that we're not going to get to see again, but just like high school sports works every year, every season, there's going to be so many people coming back that, you know, we've honored this year that um, that's just going to make us expect even bigger things next year. Um, but yeah, I, I hope everyone that listened to it kind of enjoyed this kind of look back at the winter season and how we do these all metros every year. Like we said, um, all 10 stories uh, were for subscriber only. So make sure you are a subscriber if you want to check that out, continue to see that content, um, especially now that in a couple of days, we're going to talk about our spring previews. Those are all going to be for subscribers too. And then we're going to be starting to get into the season where there's going to be a lot of coverage that you're going to want to keep an eye on. So um, with that, Brian, is there anything else uh, we didn't touch on or you want to add before we wrap up today? No, I think it's like you said, very fun to pick all these teams. I know, like you said, it's hard selections. Um, it's not an easy thing that we do. We definitely try and get the opinions from coaches as well as between each other. Cause I know we've been able to see all these different athletes compete, whether it's you or me. Um, we've, we've all been able to watch them play. So um, yeah, just kind of a, a fun season. Um, congratulations to everybody that, that got on these teams. Um, this is a huge accomplishment. You've been able to do really good things this year. And um, we were very lucky and fortunate to be reporting on, on everybody and being able to be a part of that, those successes and those runs in the state tournaments and such. And so a um, lot of fun spring previews. I'm a little bit sad because I'm looking out my window right now and there's snow in outside. Yeah. Um, so the whole spring thing isn't looking so springy right now. Um, but hopefully all this kind of subsides and we can have some nice weather here in the next weekend or so and start getting these spring sports in action. Cause, uh, definitely missed these after not having it last year. Yeah. And the exciting part about this winter too, is we got to see every single one of these teams, at least once every single one of the people on these teams, uh, which was a big goal we set before the year. Um, it doesn't sound like a lot. And then you break it down. It's like 50, 60 something teams in total. And you only have, especially this year, since we didn't start winter sports till January, you have about a two and a half month window to get that done. Uh, we kind of ran around, made sure we scheduled our matchups. Right. And we got to see everyone, which made putting this together a lot easier. We had photos of, you know, basically everyone, uh, on hand, we had had that analysis and we'd seen them, which, uh, made it even more exciting to do this time around. And that's going to be kind of our goal for the spring fall and, and going forward to make sure we get to see every, every single one of these people, we can make informed decisions for these teams. But um, with that, that's going to about wrap it up. Um, hopefully maybe in the, maybe when we talk about the spring ones, we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about being in Pittsburgh and how the Huskies did, um, you know, get into that national championship. Uh, don't really have time for it today, but hopefully later in the week, we, I can uh, talk a little bit about that because that, has also been a really big part of my life, like these all Metro teams the last couple of weeks. So I'm pretty ready just to get back to just being at games and showing up places and seeing what happens. Cause I feel like all we've been doing is previewing or reviewing stuff for uh, <laughs> about three, three or four straight weeks now, but 
Once again, thanks for everyone that tuned in to this All Metro special edition of the podcast. Like uh, I mentioned earlier, this was recorded on a Tuesday. We'll be back on Thursday to do all our spring previews for the year. So thanks again for listening and tune in next time.